Greetings and welcome to Worthy Radio. I'm your host, Shannon Yvette. I believe one of the greatest gifts we give ourselves and those we love is the beauty of our own wholeness. When we focus on the inner work of our soul, the outer world will transform. I am honored to be on this sacred and transformative journey with you. Greetings, Worthy Village. So today our talk is on when a woman comes to her senses and remembers her worth. Now, I love Miriam Williamson. And so our quote today is by her. She says, we cannot look to the world to restore our worth. We are here to restore worth to the world. The world outside us can reflect our glory, but it cannot create it. It cannot crown us. Only God can crown us. And he already has. And that's by Miriam Williamson. Anything that is specific is universal. And so men will absolutely find truth in this because I was inspired by the story of the prodigal son. And I decided to call it the prodigal daughter. For so many years, we have heard that story. Um, Whether we've been in church or not, many of us have heard the story of the prodigal son who lost his way and came back home. And yet I wanted to put a little spin on the story and call it the prodigal daughter. And so as we are on this journey, there are so many things in life that tempt us to forget who we are. This world every day is screaming at us through culture to forget who we are, to look outside of ourselves for validation, to actually look to the world to validate us instead of bring our worth to the world. And so if you look at the, the, um, scriptural, the story of the prodigal son. It, it starts off where Jesus says there was a man who had two sons. And, and for those of you who love to study scripture, you can look it up. It's Luke 15. And I'm actually going to just read 11 through 24. It goes all the way down to, I believe, verse 32. But for the sake of time and for the way that I want to frame this, we're going to go Luke 15, 11 through 24. So Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he decided he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got all everything together that he had. And he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything he had, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went out and hired himself to be a citizen of that country and they sent him to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but nobody gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went out to go meet his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, quick, 
bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, put sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and now he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found. So they began to celebrate. It's hard for me to read this without becoming emotional because if you've ever lost your way, if you've ever forgotten who you are, anything that we place our identity in outside of ourselves is subject to change and therefore we put ourselves in a vulnerable position. And so I want to kind of break down this parable a little bit and I love how Jesus spoke in stories so that we can understand you know, the layers of this. Now, the first thing I want to point on is why we leave. Why do we leave the beauty and the richness and the wealth of being in oneness covenant with God, being heirs to anything that is ours by divine right and destiny? What makes us leave? Well, I believe, and this is just my interpretation, that sometimes we think we can do better by doing things the way we want to, right? If you've ever raised teenagers, <laughs> there's a point that they get to where you're like, oh, you think you smarter than me now, huh? All right, then go on. <laughs> go on and do what you need to do. But we know, even as parents who are imperfect, if our children leave, if they do what they want to do and they come back and they say, I'm not worthy to be called your child anymore, we can no uh, less reject them than we could ourselves, right? And I think that's what's so beautiful about this story is that the son came in saying, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. And the parable, of course, is God and us. It's not really a man and his son. It is God and us. And so when we leave, when we go off and do things on our own, God will allow us to come to the end of ourselves. God will allow us to keep trying to meet our own needs, to keep trying to meet our own needs, to keep trying to meet our own needs until we diminish to a point of remembrance. Every single one of us has a natural threshold. We have a threshold of pain where we might be able to take it and take it and take it and take it. And then one day we wake up and we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> What am I doing here? Have I forgotten who I am? Have I forgotten that sparkle of hope and belief in my eyes before the world and disappointments and all of those things took it away? And so this man and the story of the prodigal son has hired himself out to become a citizen of a world that he doesn't belong to. And so many of us as women, we look to this world to define our worth. We hire our souls out. We look to people, places, and things to define something that only God can settle. And when we take our question of worth to anything outside of God, we will suffer. So when I take my question to a man and I'm like, am I worthy? Am I lovable? Am I enough? And that man is grappling with his own sense of adequacy. He's grappling with his own sense of worth. He can only mirror back to me what I believe about myself. If I take my question to the world, am I valuable? Am I, am I worthy? Am I enough? The world can only mirror back to me what I am. And so the, the first issue in this story is that this man actually hires himself out to be a foreign 
worker. So he's applying the, the rules of a system and a kingdom that is different from his father's kingdom. So in the kingdom, for those of us who feel called to walk with God in other realms, we do things from the inside out. So God says, if you heal the inside, the outside will manifest. This world says, go chase it, go get it, go hustle, go prove to everybody you're worthy by what you collect and what you accumulate and what it looks like. And God says, no, bring private beauty to your soul and then let that reflect in the world. So verse 17 is is really my favorite verse, right? Because it says, when he came to his senses, have you ever come to your senses? Have you ever gotten up off the floor of your life and said, what am I doing here? That is the birthing place of our miracle. That shifts everything. Now, what did he say to his father? What so many of us say to God, I'm not worthy. If we're not careful, the filter of our unworthiness will block us from receiving the things that have our name on it. There is nothing that you can do to discount your destiny. The moment you rise and remember who you are, everything that you forfeited when you forgot, it's waiting on you. So listen, the part I love outside of verse 17, because verse 17 really sets it all in motion, is when the son says to his father, not once, but twice, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. The father ignores him. He doesn't listen. The father just says, quick, bring the best robe and put it on my son. Bring the most beautiful crown and place it on my daughter, right? Because when we come to God and we say, I'm not worthy. Now we may not say it out of our mouths. We may say it in our actions. We may say it in the way we compromise. We may say it in the, what we settle for. We may say it through our shame. We may say it through our hiding. We may say it through our inability to receive, but we say it. God ignores us because God is aligned with the truth of our destiny, not the momentary pain that causes our delusion. And so God says, quick, put the robe on her. Quick, put the ring on her finger. Quick, put the sandals on her feet. Bring in the best meats because I know she's hungry. I know she's been settling. I know she's been accepting less than. So bring in the fulfillment of her satisfaction and allow her to eat and now let's celebrate because my daughter is home she was dead and now she's alive we can die when we forget ourselves we can die to the possibilities to our destiny to our energy to our hope to our creativity we can die to who we are when we forget who god is and who god has said we are And so when we remember, when we come to our senses and say, wait a minute, (laughs) that is an activation. All of heaven starts to move to restore what we forfeited when we forgot. And it doesn't get taken from us. This is God's grace, right? That he waits out on this road and says, here comes my daughter. Here comes my son. I've been waiting year after year, year after year, moment after moment, tear after tear. I've just been waiting for her to remember who she is. And the moment you remember, the moment you rise is the moment then all of heaven sets up your activation to reclaim. So first, like the sun, you must rise, right? And you must say, wait a minute, (laughs) you come to your senses. The first step in this process 
is really rising. Whatever you're in that is not God's highest for you, that means you've left home, so you rise. The second thing you do is remember, wait a minute, I can go home. I can go home. Then you remember that you can go home, and then when you get home, you reclaim your robe. You let God dress you. You let God restore you, and you have the humility and really the the self-compassion to receive it. So instead of saying, God, I'm not worthy, let me suffer a little more for what I did, God does not expect in this story, this, he wouldn't even let the son apologize, right? His compassion ran so deep because he saw and he sees what we go through when we forget ourselves. God is so patient and so gentle that he waits for us to remember he waits for us to rise. He waits for us to pick up our mat and walk. He waits for us to make the decision that we don't deserve to suffer a day longer. And so if you're in a place where you've forgotten yourself, now is your day to say, wait a minute, let me come to my senses. Let me rise. Let me remember. Let me reclaim. And we celebrate with you even in this moment that this activation takes place because the minute we remember the minute we rise is the moment we start to reclaim. Amen. I pray that all of us remember today who we are and whose we are and that nothing that we've experienced in this world when we forgot who we were can impact us the moment we rise and remember. So your soul work for today is really to get out your journal and have a conversation with God and yourself. Your soul work is to ask yourself, what do I need to reclaim now that I remember my crown of worthiness? So God bless you as you rise and remember, I am rising and remembering every day a little bit more, right? Because this comes in layers. This comes in layers. And I will see you soon on our Worthy Radio podcast. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today on Worthy Radio. Please feel free to visit us online at shannonyvette.com. My prayer is that you continue to come up higher in personal worthiness and intimacy with God in order to flourish in life and flourish in love.